y'all probably all thought I was leaving, didn't you? I was done. Time to walk off. As we come today in the middle of 12 days of Christmas, Epiphany, where we celebrate the wise men coming, I couldn't help but think back that uh, the ninth that we had our Christmas cantata, something happened out in the sky that only happens every 800 years. It was a conjoining, the coming together of some planets, some stars, and all lined up. Some called it the 2020 Christmas star. Some called it the Bethlehem star. But about 45 minutes after sunset, for just a few moments, over in the west, you got to see these stars come and make a very bright star. And many associate that with the star that led the wise men. And I found it very interesting that Jupiter and Saturn engaged to form this bright star. But one of the commentators and biblical scholars I read said that there are some astrologers that can prove and assure us that two years before the birth of Christ, that these uh, planets, Jupiter and Saturn, came together and following the next year joined with them Mars to form a bright star. And I say, great hallelujah. But many people love to take what God says happened and what God said he did and they want to bring all the science into it and try to prove how it was a natural occurrence of some phenomenon that come together. And I don't believe that. When God works, it's a miracle. And we're going to see in just a little bit as we read scripture that there was a star that was in the sky. And this star was ordained by God for a specific purpose. And I believe it was a miracle. And you remember I've told you what a miracle is before. A miracle is something that happens outside of the natural realm. We cannot walk on water. Gravity will pull us in and we will sink. Unless you're at the Dead Sea then you can float. But you will not necessarily walk on water. I've always said if I was in the water and there was a snake in there, you might see me walking on water because I'm going to move so fast. But it requires a miracle of God. Jesus walked on water. Peter walked on water. So why can we take what the astrologers say happened, which very well might have happened, but how does it become a God-ordained star and a miracle that was by God? Do you remember many of us that came that night, we wanted to, before the cantata started, go outside and look in the sky. Why was that? Because in just a few moments, that star was going to be gone to never return for another 800 years. For a few moments, we got the joy of seeing this come together. But the star that was there that night... The star that was there that the wise men followed, it was there for probably a couple of years. Also, when you look out in the sky, we see the moon revolving around the earth and it moves just like the sun. You, you watch those bright stars as the sun sets over here and before long they're over here because they move. The true star of Bethlehem that the wise men followed stayed over the stable and then over the place where Jesus was long enough for the wise men to travel some great distance and search and find them. That's not a coincidence of natural stars just coming together because they move and they disappear. So I believe that God said that there was a star there and this star was ordained by God and was a miraculous star because it, it didn't move. 
And maybe sometime years later, if there's another 800 years, there'll be some people that get to see that star again, but only for a moment. Not for two or three days, not for years as men try. You see, the wise men use this star to navigate their way to the country where the Savior was born. This star stood over the Savior from the cradle to a childhood. And just as God works until his purpose was fulfilled, and then the star disappeared. I want us today to to look at what I've entitled, Wise Men Still Seek Him. And some of you might want to, I don't think any in this group, but some might want to say, well, I'm not politically correct because I'm using the word men. We know that men is talking about humankind, wise people, but I'm going to use wise men. Still seek him today. And I believe that looking in scripture, we can find some characteristics of what these wise men did. And I hope that we can take that today after looking in God's word and apply it to our life. Because I want all of us to walk out the door being wise men today. Because we need wise men. Because unfortunately it appears there are few and far of those around these days. Amen. If you would take your Bibles and let's open to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. And once you have turned there would you please stand in honor as we read God's word. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. Now we'll pause there just a second. This verse 6 that I'm fixing to read, you can go over to the Old Testament prophet of Micah and look at 5-2 and read the same thing. But we're going to stay here in Matthew chapter 2, verse 6. And you, Bethlehem... Land of Judah are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Father God, thank you today for your word. Father, thank you that you can speak to us, Lord, through your word. Even today, Lord, we understand that there's application for us. Father, I pray that you would help all of us today to open our ears and our hearts to hear from Holy Spirit. 
And Holy Spirit, we ask now that you would speak and that you would reveal to us your word. Father God, I pray that you would help me to step aside and you would feel me. Father, and you would speak through me this morning. And Lord God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son Jesus. Amen. Today we're going to look at three things that happened. And the first one is, these wise men followed the star. If you have your bulletin there, there's an outline. If you want to fill that out as we go along, uh, maybe you need to share this with someone else who might need it more than you. So you can jot it down and have that available. But they followed the star. We see there at Matthew uh, 2 verse 2, it says... Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. The wise men were astrologers in the sense of being able to interpret things. They would study the skies and the heavens. They knew the stars and the constellations by name. And they knew all of what was going on. And all of a sudden one day they're looking up and brighter than all the other stars is some unusual light a bright star caught their attention and they began to study that and these wise men knew that the Jews were foretelling of a king being born one day and what the signs and the prophecies were and all this was lining up these wise men knew their surroundings enough to know there's something different about that star and they began to open their scrolls what we would call our books today and they began to read and see what was there and they found out about this king being born and they began to make their way in the direction of the star the light to light a path what's it say in Psalms thy word is a light to light into my path we read all through scripture that Jesus came into the world to be a light God's word is a light unto us they saw this light and they followed the light. It's very important that they followed the star because they could have easily went off in another direction and they would have never found what they were looking for. But being wise enough to know something different, seeing that, studying it, they began to follow that star that they saw. But what were they doing by following the star? They wasn't just getting on their camels, their uh, 57 Ford, you know, whatever we want to get into, and taking off down through the desert just for the fun of it. They had a mission. They saw, they found the star, they saw the star. They were searching for the child. They knew that this was to be born. And many times in their day, those that studied the stars would often say that a new star represented a, a new king being born. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I know that they knew the prophecy and something caught their attention. When they found that star, they began to, to go after it and to follow it. And they searched for this child. And they searched. And they searched. They didn't stop. They kept looking and they traveled some distance. You know, for us today, it's no big deal to get in our car and drive to California. It takes several hours, a couple of days maybe, but we can just sit back and put the cruise on and enjoy along the way. If you're riding with me, we're going to stop several times a day and going to have a good meal on the way and eventually we'll get there. But can you imagine in their day it was by walking, by donkey, by camel. 
And everything you wanted had to be carried along with you. It wasn't put it on the plane, ship it ahead of you. Call UPS and FedEx and get it there. Put it in the trunk of the car. They had to load this stuff and carry it. And they began to follow the star. As they followed it some distance that was never too hard. Never difficult enough. They kept pushing forward to not stop. And then when they got into Jerusalem, that was their idea. You know, the stars leading them that direction. Jerusalem being the capital of where all the Jews and the temple are. Well, what better place for the king to be? So they enter into Jerusalem and they come across the Herod. Herod the Great. He's not so great if we really get to look at him. Well, I'll talk about him in just a moment. But can you imagine being some wise men... And you come into the presence of the king sitting at that time. And you say, where's the child that's been born a king? Herod the Great, he didn't like that too much at all. You know, Herod was for entertainment. They said in reading he would take prisoners and he would put them in tight quarters. And then he would then get his legions of soldiers and put them in full battle array and send them in just to massacre while he cheered them on and would watch it for fun. He was so scared that anyone would take his line that he killed many people. He even killed his own son, the heir to the throne, just shortly before he died himself. It's been said to be known that he killed one of his wives that he loved dearly. And then he would go running around trying to find this wife again. He would run into all of his concubines and he would say, you're not her, you're not her. And finally one day he ran across this beautiful lady that he thought was her. And she become, found out that she was a harlot. And he slept with her and he caught a disease that made him turn even more mad. And he said, that was my wife. She returned to punish me. Not too great of a man. But with all that he is, these wise men approached him and said, Where is the child? He knew that he had some men on staff, so he called them and said, Where is this child to be born? And they pulled out scripture and it said, From Bethlehem, a small town. That's why scripture says, Even from you, Bethlehem, being the smallest of the tribe of Judah... But yet the greatest thing come out of this small town. Isn't that how God works? He can take the little and he makes it great. We see that most of the time. And then Herod in all of his cunning ways. Uh, I can hear him now. Hey Magi. Wise men y'all come here. You know this new king's been born. Why don't you go find him. And when you do come back and tell me. Because I want to go worship him too. Wise men wasn't too wise, I don't think, in certain aspects. Because they believed the king. No king is going to want to go worship another king. But what did they do? They followed the star and they set out again until they found the child. Nothing too great. Nothing too difficult. But they followed the star. Secondly, they found the Savior. I'm sure that was a miraculous event. What, what would it have been like to walk in and see the Christ child? There had to be something special in that room. Wherever he went, I can only imagine what that was like. Let's look there at verse 11. 
It says, After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What do we see that when they found the Savior, what was the first thing they did? They prostrated. They fell on the ground before him. What is that? I can just imagine they totally just laid out. You know, we see them on their knees sometimes. And they're prostrate down on the ground. We see that in other places in Scripture too. Over in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers. Let me read to you if you'd like to turn. You can. Numbers 20, verses 6 and 7. Then Moses and Aaron came in from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meetings, which is where God was at, and fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord spoke to Moses. They walked to the doorway of the tent of meeting, and they were in the presence of God. So what did they do? But they fell on their faces. It says... Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord spoke to Moses. Not only did they fall on their face, we also see that in Revelation 7, verse 11. It says, And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. Even the angels in the presence of God fell on their faces and they worshipped God. It's the second thing. They, they praised God. They not only prostrated themselves, they praised God through worship. That song, I can only imagine, comes to mind when I think about this. Because I can only imagine what we are going to do when we get the joy and the privilege ourselves of entering into the presence of the Savior. I believe we will probably prostrate ourselves. We will never understand the righteousness, the holiness, and the glory of God until we're there. We can imagine it. And I believe we will begin to praise God. Not just for what He's done. It's easy for us to praise God for what He's done. But we will worship and praise God for who he is. He's omniscient. He's all present. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's creator. Everything good comes from him. He is love. Can you wait for the day? Let's be wise men. And let's find the Savior. Prostrate before him. Praise God. And then we see it there at verse 11. They presented gifts to him. Back at verse 11. It said, And coming into the house they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You remember I tell you, anytime there's something in scripture, it's there for a reason. We need to look at it. If it's a number, if it's a name. Here it lists the three gifts that were given. I would ask you to do a show of hands, but in your own mind, don't show hands. We see all the time, and we say there were how many wise men? Three. I want to ask you a question before I go any further. Does Scripture tell us anywhere how many wise men were there? It tells us how many gifts were presented. So we 
assume that there were three wise men. We don't know. I'm not going to speculate. And if you ask me and I tell you the truth, it really doesn't matter. Because if it did matter, God would put it there. But what is important is it was three gifts. Maybe represents the Trinity. It was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why gold? So what? You know, what does it matter that it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Well, let's look at what these represent. And maybe we'll understand why they were presented to the Savior, the King. Gold. It's a gift fit for royalty. Anytime you read in scripture a lot of times and you see kings and they're talking about their vast treasuries. They talk about how much gold is there. People don't just walk around with gold and throw gold everywhere. People would come and visit a king. It was common. You would bring gold. Not only gold, but we also see frankincense. That's a gift for a deity. Because incense was used in the worship. We read in Old Testament that God gave them uh, special mixtures to, to use in the temple. And we, we see throughout different times of worship where they would use incense. And we see that today sometimes in worship services. You see incense and they use it to represent the prayers of God going up. I tried to find a way to, today to, to be able to bring in and just wasn't able to do it to let you smell what frank, frankincense smells like. It's a beautiful smell. And it would be used in temple worship to God. It would be used to worship deity as you could see the incense burning. And then what was the other gift but myrrh? You know what myrrh is a gift for? It's a gift for one that's destined to die. Because they would take myrrh, a spice, that was used to embalm the bodies of the dead. When Jesus hung on the cross and they took him off and they, they put him in the tomb because the holy day, the day of worship was coming the next day and they couldn't prepare his body so they wrapped it the next day after that uh, holy day, the day we represent Christ raising up. The women were going to the tomb to anoint the body, to prepare it with spices that they couldn't do before and myrrh was one of those. What a story told in those three gifts. Gold. Jesus was a king. Frankincense. Jesus was a deity to be worshipped. And myrrh, Jesus was destined to die. We can also look at these as the three uh, representing the Trinity, but also gold. Let's look on the practical side. Mary and Joseph have left their hometown. They have come to Bethlehem and now have had a baby. And they're not able to return home through visions and dreams from God because Herod was out trying to kill them and they would move around. I imagine they needed some money. And then these frankincense and myrrh could be used for other things as well. But the wholeness of those gifts, king, deity, death, that tells who Jesus is. So I'm glad that they found the Savior. And thirdly, they feared the special dream. They feared the special dream. Look there at verse 12. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. They feared the special dream and they determined what the dream meant. The dream came to them 
to let them know, don't go back. Because if they were to go back to Herod and tell Herod exactly where the child was, probably before they were out of Jerusalem, Herod would be on his way to kill the child. Could God have stopped it? Yes. Did God stop it? Yes. He gave them a dream. The wise men were wise enough to fear that special dream and determine what it meant, and then they departed in another way. When reading and studying this and looking at it, the best way to get back to where they came from would have been on the road that led them right through Jerusalem. Maybe they would have thought of, you know, let's go back that away, and as we get close to Jerusalem, we'll just, as we say today, veer off just a little bit and go around. These wise men are traveling with probably a fairly large uh, entourage of people. It would have been noticed. So the only thing for them to do was to go the other direction and then somewhere turn and go way out of the way. Once again for these men, nothing were too great for the Savior. Nothing was too great for the king. So they feared this dream. They understood it. They followed it after determining what it meant and departed to go home another way. They left different than they came. So what is that for us today? I think what we need to do if we want to be wise men is we need to first of all find and follow the star. We need to see what is going on around us? We can live life with our head in the sand. Or we can look up, even in what's been going on the last year, hold our head high and be aware of the surroundings that are going on. We need to know our surroundings enough that when God is at work, we can see it. Just as a bright, shining star. We can see that there's something different and we can take that into account and we can begin to look. And we can begin to search. And we can begin to follow the light. Jesus is the light. His word is a lamp unto my feet. We need to have this hidden in our heart so that we can follow the light. Secondly, not only that, but we need to find the Savior. Many of us sitting in this room today have found the Savior. There may be some here today, I don't know for sure, that don't know the Savior. That's the first step. But I would say secondly, for some in the world today, they need to find the Savior. They might have the Savior in their heart, but they don't know where the Savior is. Holy Spirit spoke to them at a time in their life and they surrendered their life over to the Savior but they've covered him up for so long. To be a wise man we need to find the Savior. We need to understand his holiness and his deity. And it's not about walking the aisle. It's not about being baptized. It's about a, a relationship but it's more than that. It's a, about a relationship with a perfect and holy God. And we need to understand, we need to remember that, church, that who we worship, who we profess is our Savior, is holy and righteous. He is a deity. He is God. 
And we need to worship him. I believe just as the wise men, there was nothing too great of an obstacle for them to get to where they wanted to be. There should be nothing too great in our life to keep us from worshiping God. Whatever that may be, he needs to be number one. We need to worship him above all. We also need to give him gifts. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't walk around with gold in my pocket. Any of y'all have gold in your pocket? I might have some lint in my pocket, but I don't have gold in my pocket. I don't walk around carrying true frankincense and myrrh. I have some frankincense and myrrh scented oils in my study. But I don't walk around with carrying them. What am I going to give him? You know, I love that little story that we read around Christmas time. Some of you may have given it, you know, about what gift can I bring to a king. I believe there are several things we can bring to the king. Let me give you a first one is yourself. Holy, devoted to him. We can give him the gift of us. We can worship him. We can give him gifts of tithe and offering. You know, I love God. He gives us our income. And when it comes to tithe and offering, you know, he could have said, I tell you, you give me 90% and you live on 10%. And some of you are like, yeah, right. But let me tell you, he has that right. Because everything you have, he's given you. But all he said is give me 10%. We can give him our time and our talents. Have you noticed everything that I've mentioned to you that we can give to him is something that he's given you? He's not asking you to go out and create something. He says, I'm going to give to you. What better thing than we do as wise men than to give back to him? And thirdly, we need to fear that special message too. We need to fear the message of God. And I don't mean walk trembling. Oh, here's God's word. What's it going to make me do? Worship, adoration. God has nothing but good in store for us. When He created the world, He created a perfect world. Sin entered in. That wasn't the initial plan. He knew it was going to happen. But then He sent the Savior into the world to be born a virgin, live a perfect life, be tempted as you and I, die on the cross, go into the grave, three days later raise up and become a living God. He is due our worship. He is due our honor. He's given us life. He's given us health. Many of you in here in this last year have gone through COVID. Some of the worst stuff you've ever experienced in your life, but he restored your health. He got you through. That's just like life. We go through difficulties in life, but as a born-again believer, the Savior walks with us. Church, we can be wise men if we do those three things. Follow the star, find the Savior, and fear the special dream, the, the message from God. This morning, where are you at on your journey? You know, life is a journey. Some have started new journeys throughout the years I've been here through a death of a loved one. You begin a, a new part of that journey to find a new normal. It'll never be the same normal. But we're all on a journey in our life. And my question to you this morning, where are you on your journey to being a wise man? 
Have you found the star, the light, the Savior? If not, this morning I plead with you that you come and let me talk to you. Please, it's the, the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have found the star and you have found the Savior. But through life and circumstances, he's kind of gotten muddled out just a little bit. Come and let me pray with you and let's let the light shine today. Are you at a part that you fear his word and you worship it? You know, our goal in life is to understand his word the best we can and grow every day to be more and more like him. Where are you at on that journey this morning? Let Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. If you would just stand where you are.